Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda and Morgan. We have helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally our jam. Here you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That is pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about issues that may arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. We are so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. This is Amanda and Morgan. Today, we're here to interview Michael Vandekamp. She's a registered dietitian. And Morgan, you've actually worked with her in the past. Yes, I have. I've been lucky enough to work with her. And so I worked with Michael this last spring. And I was having some gut issues, as do so many of our patients here at our clinic. And so I knew her. She was actually a patient of mine during her postpartum recovery with one of her kiddos. And then I was like, actually, I think I need your services now. And actually, I think our whole clinic needs to know what you do. And actually, (laughs) everybody needs to know what you do. So I had a wonderful experience and I really wanted her to chat with us today so our listeners could benefit from some of the info as well. So Michael, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah. So um, like they said, my name is Michael Vandekamp and I am a registered dietitian. I specifically work with women who are thinking that they may have hormone or gut issues, um, much like Morgan said. I also work with women who maybe feel like they're not getting the answers that they have been wanting to get from maybe their doctor or other practitioners. And they just really want to dive deep into their health and see what's what's going on. Um, I use a functional nutrition approach. And so I'm looking at the whole person. And so sleep, stress, just everything. And my business name is Nutrition with Michael. And I've been in business for now about a year. And congrats. (laughs) Yes, yes. And when I'm not working, I am a mom to two young kiddos that keep me nice and busy. So (laughs) how old are your kiddos? Theo is four and then Camilla is two. Oh my goodness. Yes. Busy. You are a busy bee. Um, you mentioned stress and sleep. I feel like that's every mom's like ultimate package is like, we're all on like high stress and we're on very little sleep. Tell us a, a little bit about what you're finding with moms and hormones um, in that newly postpartum stage. Yeah. So Obviously, in that newly postpartum stage, we just don't get sleep. And so during that time, it's pretty normal for cortisol, um, our stress hormone, to get pretty off. And it's it's wild and amazing to me how, as a mom, you just learn to really power through being so tired. But hormonally, there is definitely things that we can do to help support that. And I feel like as a mom, I know when I became a new mom, I was even missing that. And and I'm a registered dietitian. So it was, it's, it was definitely an eye opener and something I do talk about a lot, um, you know, making sure that you're getting balanced meals throughout the day. It's really easy to just go through and skip meals. And especially if it's like, well, the baby's crying now, I just don't need to worry about eating or I'm so tired. Do I choose to eat or do I sleep? And so it's kind of finding that like lovely balance between them both. But definitely cortisol levels and blood sugar levels are something I see that are pretty out of whack, especially during that post that postpartum phase. So helping women learn how to really manage those is really important. What does a balanced meal look like for a postpartum <laughs> mom? I'm just curious because I've been postpartum three times now. And so you're dealing with 
at least what I remember is like the social media sign of like, you need to lose weight. So you're like, okay, I'm going to cut calories, but then that might affect lactation Mm -hmm. how much milk you're actually producing. But then you do hear balanced meals and you're like, well, gosh, I'm just lucky to get like a granola bar down or a handful of almonds. Like what different options? And this I know isn't like set stone to our our audience listening, but maybe just like an option or two of what a balanced meal really looks like. Yeah. And so in general, a balanced meal is supposed to have a good source of protein. And so just for an average woman, I usually will recommend 20 to 30 grams of protein with each meal. I feel like that is the most common one that is left out. Like you said, we grab a granola bar and we get moving with our day or we grab a piece of fruit and we move on. And so getting that protein and so whether that's adding in um, some collagen powder or whether it's um, finding a protein bar that you really like and that's like decent because some protein bars can be just have a little lot of extra stuff in them. But finding some protein sources or even if you're having people bring meals to you during that postpartum phase. Um, if they're bringing like grilled chicken or, um, you know, steak or any of the proteins, then having those on hand and just making sure that you're snacking on those throughout the day as well. But you want to have that protein component. You want to have some veggies. You want to make sure you're getting those nutrients from there. And then you also want to have, um, some carbohydrates. Um, carbohydrates are one that a lot of people think are bad and we don't need them, but they're really, really important. And we just want to make sure that we're choosing really good quality ones. And so that could be like sweet potatoes. Um, it could be fruit, all fruit and different whole grains. But like throughout the day, trying to have those different meal options, so easy options. And so like whole fat yogurt, that's going to have protein. It's going to have healthy fat. It's also usually going to have some carbs. You could always add some extra fruit with it. And then if you wanted to add some nuts or something else to go along with it, um, smoothies are another really great one for new moms. It's really easy just to throw everything into a blender and blend them on up. Yeah. And then you can add in like the collagen powder or a good protein powder. Um, that way, like if you are nursing or busy with the baby, it's easy just to kind of drink it while you're going on throughout the day. College. Oops, sorry. No, I, go, I was actually just thinking when you were saying, you know, it's so important to get the amount of vegetables that we should get in. I was going to tell you, I don't think I did after I worked with you, but my husband was listening in on our session. And I do think that, I mean, we eat almost every meal similarly, even if we're not together, we meal prep, same meals and stuff. And the one thing that he held on to after our session, he, he keeps asking me, did you eat your cruciferous vegetables today? <laughs> and he's, I was like, I think, yeah. And he's like, no, the cruciferous ones though. Did you get those? And I never had paid attention to that before. And I, you know, cause a vegetable to me, I would just, well, we'll have zucchini tonight or whatever. And so like pain, even like dialing it down even more, I that helps someone like me because I, I need more structure to be successful in anything I do rather than like, well, I'll just kind of like see how it goes. And I feel like what you're saying with pre-planning meals for postpartum moms, like that's how it most people are successful. And I hope yes. everybody's listening to that on, you know, the lasagnas and casseroles are great, but there are better options. Yeah. Yes. So bringing the grilled chicken or really thinking about, you know, what kind of good protein can we take our new moms? Because granted, like sure people need babies and things, but meals are nice. No mom wants to stand and put all that pressure on their vagina and C-section yeah. car after they have a baby, like bring them the good protein and vegetables to really help support them. And then while you're there dropping off meals, hold the baby and let them go take a nap. Yeah. I think those are the two best things for mom. If you want to yes. clean a toilet or something or throw yeah. in the laundry, <laughs> go for it. But a healthier meal option instead of, we had so many 
lasagnas Mm -hmm. and spaghettis and twice baked spaghettis that I was like, I can't even eat these things because we're supposed to be like dairy free for our baby. And it was so much carbs that I would have rather opted out for a smoothie. But (laughs) collagen, I think is a great answer too. that stuff started to come out for uh, myself like three or four years ago with our last kiddo and to find, and I could be completely wrong, but I know it's, you can have that while nursing from what I understand. Uh Okay. (laughs) And it's such a wonderful option to have good collagen um, powder. Um, I know there's multiple ones out there. I'm currently taking CB supplements which is a newer one, um, but vital proteins, ancient nutrition. I know there's tons of them out there that even you can get at Costco, Tyson, yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Coffee and creamer is not a good breakfast, y'all. Yeah. It's not supportive. <laughs> no, so make definitely sure not. Food with it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. How quickly do you um, recommend working with postpartum women? Do you wait a certain amount of time to let their bodies to like, you know, maybe get closer to natural resetting or what is your kind of view on that? Yeah, that's, that's always such a tricky, a kind of tricky road, just because everyone's body adjusts back so differently. And I think in the society we live in, we are told you're supposed to bounce back and you're supposed to be running and doing all these things as you guys are supposed to do that. (laughs) Oh, that's what people think. (laughs) And so I, I usually I'll have the conversation of where are you as far as like, are you nursing? Have you gotten your period back? What problems are you having? Because during that postpartum phase, I mean, it takes after you have a baby at least a year and that's without nursing for your hormones to fully get back to the way they were before being pregnant. Yeah, And so, and that's something I talk about a lot with clients as well, especially if they're wanting to work with me. I usually like to have them wait just to see if things change because sometimes they will. I mean, I know after I had previously my daughter, I was like, something's wrong with me. It's not okay. And my husband's like, you know what you need, like calm down. And so like after a while though, things did adjust back, but it just, it's so different. And each pregnancy is so different as well, as far as like healing. And so each person is just going to be so, so different. So usually I will talk to the person who's wanting to reach with me and see where they're at and then just kind of, kind of go from there. Make a re- recommendation based on there. Yeah. Sounds very similar to public floor health. How yes. We don't really kind of communicate with our patients. Absolutely. So when you think about like switch, switching it to more of the gut health stuff, cause we were talking about hormones. We have so many people that come in here as a public health practitioner and are saying, well, I'm constipated. Either they're on the end of the spectrum. Well, I've always been that way, or I've always struggled with that. I'm not worried about it because I've been here for other reasons. Or we have people that come in for constipation. And I feel like a question we get all the time is like, what can I do about it to make it better? And like, cause they, everybody wants things better like this, Quick right? Yes. So coming, I would love to hear from your standpoint, like what, how you address that. Yeah. So constipation is one that many people do want a quick fix. So usually if they're dealing with constipation, it's like I'm reaching for the laxatives or I'm reaching for, um, you know, a fiber pill or something of that sort. But usually I'll really dive deep into how their diet is looking because in our mind, we'll perceive like, oh, I eat perfect. I'm like doing great. I'm eating (laughs) plenty of fiber. And then like, I will, (laughs) I'll look at diet and I'll see that like, they're really not getting that much fiber. I mean, the recommended amount of fiber is 25 to 35 grams per day. That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. And and I want to say like only like 60% of America isn't getting anywhere close to that. Whoa. So it's a lot of people do not get enough fiber. And so that's always a place where I generally will start. And if people do struggle with 
getting that in through diet. Sometimes I will recommend, okay, let's start with a supplement just to help getting things going. And we'll slowly start adding in more fiber options. But fiber is a big, uh, it's, it's a really big one. And I mean, it's, it takes time. You can't go from eating, you know, 10 grams of fiber a day to 25 or 35 grams of fiber a day. Cause you will have yeah. really bad stomach issues. <laughs> yeah. Which I think that's probably where people will come in then and say, they're like, well, I've tried that. It doesn't work. And so like, to your point, I don't think that gradual, you know, increase is really well-known knowledge out there. We kind of tell our patients too, like your, your bladder's a quick learner, but your bowels are slow mm-hmm. learners. Like you really takes time because they like the consistency of something. Yes. So even if we wanted to change like bowel habits, like if you want to poop first thing in the morning, you need to go sit on the toilet and start training those muscles to really yeah. down. So I can imagine that could be quite a challenge from the food standpoint. Again, I keep thinking back to that mom, because that's the hat that I wear. And yeah, there's not a lot of fiber happening when you're in busy mom mode. That's Definitely. Yeah. Fiber, water, and movement, I feel like are the three big ones that I focus on. I mean, a lot of times many of us are sitting throughout the day and we're not really getting that much movement. And so that can help a lot. It gets the bowels moving. And then also water, so many, so many, especially moms do not drink enough water and Mm -hmm. that slows everything down. Yeah. And like the consistency of all of it. I mean, we see this all the time in our clinic is patients will come in and we'll give them these few exercises, but they may only do them for a day or two that week. And then they're like, well, why am I not getting better? And so, and it's just the same like movement, water, fiber. Yeah. If you do it here and there, but your bowels crave that consistency, just like your muscles do. Right. And so I think that is the really big missing factor for a lot of patients. Yes, for sure. And stress playing kind of into all of that too. Cause we, we all have patients that are like, I mean, this is pelvic health side, but they'll go on vacation. Well, things were so much better on vacation. Always. Huh. Always. <laughs> Why? You got to get a little bit breather, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we were going to ask another question because I get this a lot of times in our clinic as well. And I would love to hear it from your side is the bloating or abdominal pain. And so, and abdominal pain can be really uh, triggering for a lot of my patients. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people don't know what's causing it. So it's kind of fear induced. Like, well, I don't want to have it. And it's not linked to my eating. It's not activity related or whatever's going on. And then, but they do, some of my patients will just look bloated or inflamed all the time. Um, And I'm sure this is a common complaint or symptom you hear a lot in your practice. And what are some of the things that you first address or talk to your clients about with this? So bloating is one that it can go different, different avenues, right? So uh, usually I try looking at like the low hanging fruit and we try playing with that a little bit at first. Um, because a lot of us will think, oh, like I'm not, I'm doing all these things right. And it should, and I'm, but I'm bloated all the time. But in reality, like they're only taking three chews before they swallow their food and they are eating in front of a TV and they are eating their food really quickly because they have like two minutes of peace. <laughs> so it's, you know, those are really big ones. And sometimes I'll just have clients, like, especially when I'm taking them through a gut protocol, I'll be like, let's look at how well you're chewing your food. I want you to go home. And the next time you eat, I want when you put a bite in, I want you to count how many times you chew. And that is such an eye opener for oh, people. I made the whole clinic do it after I, I worked with you. I was like, you guys, you have to count your chews. I was just going to say that. I was trying to hold in my laughs because all of was like, oh my God, I feel like you're talking about Morgan and I because the chewing the, in front of the screens, I think we went a week 
maybe of not eating in front of our screens, like we <laughs> outside and get some sunlight. And then we're straight back into that not being oh my gosh. and consistent. Yes, it's hard. And, and and yeah, we get on our patients about this. And it is funny, like having my husband be a part of this with me. He is so, I mean, and he'll even say that he's like, you chewed really like three times that time, Morgan, <laughs> or he'll yeah, or it'll be like, put your phone down, which he never used to say this, but it just is funny to have that accountability piece. But yeah, the consistency is hard. Yes. Consistency is definitely hard. And sometimes some of the easiest things you can do are the hardest to actually implement, but having that support system, like your husband reminding you, I love that because oh that God. is it's annoying. So <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for it, but yeah, he got he got really into it. He's the reason your bloating is going down. Yes, that's true. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so with bloating, that's usually where I like addressing first. But sometimes I'll do so I'll do stool testing. I do um, functional labs, and so one of them that I do is a stool test, and it's a really great comprehensive look at how well your overall gut health is. And one that I see cause. Um, bloating a lot is H. pylori. It's a bacteria that can infect the stomach lining. And it can, at first, it can increase stomach acid and then over time it decreases it. And so sometimes we don't have, if we don't have enough stomach acid, then you're going to have a lot of bloating present and it's going to make things really hard to digest. And so your body's going to have to work really, really hard. And so we'll see stomach pain and bloating with that. And so, or just any bacterial overgrowth too, we'll see bloating sometimes as well as stomach pain. So those can be really big contributors to bloating as well. Absolutely. And I think when I was working with you as well, it's just so interesting. Like, and I, our patients will come in and say this too. I'll ask them, well, do you normally feel this or feel that? And they'll be like, no. And then they'll come in the next time and be like, now that you mentioned that, yeah, I do X or Y or whatever. And that was my experience with you. So I'm sure many of your patients or clients and people who are listening to this who were to think, well, no, I don't really have gut issues. And then when they hear this stuff, they're like, oh, wait, I do that. Oh, wait, I do that too. You know what I mean? And we kind of just are so good about just putting things to the side. I think everybody should do a stool test. Yes. Morgan convinced me to do it. (laughs) Don't do it with your kids around you because I did that. And my kids were like freaking out. Like, why are you, why are you catching your poop? Why are you putting your poop in vials? Why, why, why is your poop in the fridge? Why are we mailing your poop? You're shipping your poop. Like, yeah. This is the high commercial. Can't wait till the neighbors hear all this. Yes. Yes. Going back to the teacher, but it was so eye opening. Very eye opening. Get a look. And then combined with like blood testing too. Wow. Tells you so much of what's going on. You're like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. When I do eat that food or I do drink that, I was experiencing this. You do eliminate it for a little bit and try putting it back in. And it was like a world of difference. So it's, gosh, I really think everybody should, should do a look at it. Absolutely. It's It's pretty amazing. And it's funny. I saw someone post a quote the other day. It's like, if your dog is having stomach issues, what's the first thing you do is you collect their poop and you send it in and they do a stool test. And they're like, why is that not a standard for us. Oh, that's <laughs> a like, good one. Like it's that. such a missing component. And for some people, I mean, I've had people do them. They're like, I am completely healthy. Everything will be great. I recently did one on myself. And there's just always going to be areas for improvement, which I think is wonderful. I mean, no one's ever going, no one's ever going to be perfect, but I think it's great because then you can really tailor what does my body need and what probiotics do I need? What foods do I need to be focusing on? And it's just, it's really, really helpful. And since everything really stems from the gut, 
you know, and with the vagus nerve to the brain, like it just to me is really odd that we aren't doing more of the stool testing that we'll still do a complete blood panel for a lot of people. And they're like, Oh, I'm great. I'm healthy. I'm like, what does your stool say? Cause that seemed, I felt like there was so much more to unfold with a stool test yes. than my cholesterol and yeah. White blood count. And right. Blood like count. you, so. you are healthy. And so many people listening to this are healthy. And so I can't speak for all, but I'm saying, then they're like, well, it's your point. Like my blood panel came back fine, but then they don't realize, okay, well, all these other, right. All these other underlying issues. And maybe that, you know, that is causing this, that is a little bit more pronounced or whatnot. And it's kind of like a precursor to what may happen down the road, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was fantastic because I was like, Oh, I'm only in my thirties and I'm like, Ooh, I'm on a terrible path. Like I wouldn't want this path for anybody. So let's start to kind of maneuver back to the path that we want, which has been very eye-opening and interesting that, but I want to do another stool test and see things have changed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. We're all for the poop test. Yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) definitely. Definitely do one. Definitely. How long when you are working with people, how long do you typically work with people? So a lot of that also ranges on the person and what they have going on. Generally, if there's usually there's a good amount of stuff going on. And so I usually like to work with someone for at least three months. I mean, in order to get through a protocol and in order to really feel like I am helping them well, three months is usually a a good time frame. Um, And then sometimes we'll and then at the end, we will reevaluate and see like, are we where we wanted to be? Do we need to continue? Do you feel comfortable? I never want to feel like a client is left kind of hanging. Like we, I just did all this and now what? And so a lot of it is based, is based on the client. Like I just got done working with one client, our three month timeframe got up and um, we're going to continue working together just because there's other things that need to be addressed and she still wants to see some more improvement. And so, um, so yeah, it just, it, it depends, but generally three months is where I like to start out. Okay. Yeah. Because I think like to your point, the consistency, but it does take time. Like since the bowels are a slow learner for people to not see changes that quickly, it's, it's a time game to some extent. I think change hormones too. I think that's like a 90 day period. So yes, it takes quite a bit, um, quite a bit of time. Yeah. And especially like you said, with the gut, usually in order to see like really an outcome, it will take at least three months. And so that's why sometimes with my gut, with my gut clients that had a lot of stuff going on, we usually continue working on just because we want to make sure we're really getting them feeling well. Yeah. And do you keep them on some kind of like, just like a management plan or anything like that, where you give them almost like a check-in? Yeah. Or anything like that. Um, Like after they're done working yeah. with me. Um, Yeah. So then after a client has been done working with me, I always give them the option to, if anything arises or if they have any questions, they can always reach out. And usually at that point, I am more open to doing just one-on-one sessions. And so they're able then to book that. Yeah. Because I always want to be able to be there to support them because stuff generally will always come up. And then usually in our last meeting as well, I will talk about ways. Okay. So what if what if this happens? What or what will we do? Or what if okay. what if you're dealing with a ton of stress and now you've noticed all these changes? How to support their body so that if something does arise, they're able to hopefully address that. Okay. Because I think that what we found so helpful in our practice is people love that accountability. You know, they love that they have that person they can reach out to. Even if they're, I've had patients that reach out. I had one that emailed me yesterday and hadn't seen her since 2017. And I remembered her, but she was just like, blah, 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 blah. I have this new thing that came up and it's 
that is so comforting for people. So it's awesome that you do that for your clients. Yes, for sure. Michael, is there anything that we haven't chatted about today that you want our listeners to know more about? Oh, so hormones, I feel like are one that are very... I've had a lot of clients recently come to me with a ton of stress problems, cortisol problems because of um, COVID. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because of 2020. And so um, I've just been encouraging people, if you are noticing that you are just completely tired and not feeling well, or at night when you should be tired, all of a sudden you just feel like you can't go to sleep. Um, But if you're noticing that you are just super stressed to really address that, because that has just been such, such a problem and it really, really impacts your hormones. Not great. And so addressing that now, rather than waiting for a few years when it will be more debilitating is going to be a better option. I love that. Get ahead of it. For sure. All right. Go ahead and we would love to hear something that you are learning, doing, or teaching currently in your day-to-day life, work balance, family life. So right now, I'm actually taking a course to learn how to run a business better. So (laughs) better time management and more balance. So I'm super, I just started that. So I'm super excited. Congratulations. Thank you to see how that, how that goes. And I feel like I'm learning every day how to be a better mom. (laughs) We all are. That's a constant. I feel like I'm still going to be doing that when I'm like in my (laughs) eighties. We all probably will. (laughs) I love that. But I mean, yeah, you can always learn something new, right? Yeah, I feel that way even in treatment. Like there's so many times I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that with a patient or I, you know, you can always improve anywhere, I feel like. So I love to hear that. Learning to get. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we tell our listeners that how they can find you? Yeah. Um, so I have an Instagram and I post a lot of content on there. And my Instagram handle is at nutrition underscore with Michael with underscore Michael. (laughs) And um, I have a bio in there that if you are interested in working with me, you can fill out a link in my bio. And um, I don't have a website yet. That is something that I have on the list to do. So. Yes. Well, after your class, you'll have better time management than if you do that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's the yes. point. So. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. I've appreciated your skills so much in my personal life, but also I know that you could help so many of our population that we treat on a day-to-day basis or people who are listening to this. So your knowledge is so precious and we we can't thank you enough for taking the time today. Yes. Thank so, you so much, Michael. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thank you guys also for doing what you do, because I know for a long time, you know, it was a normal conversation to have, oh, it's normal to pee, you know, after you have a baby and it's normal to have all these things happen. And it's like, no way. So, no way. No. <laughs> no way. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you again. Yeah. Thank you guys as well. Hey, Pelvic Posse, we want to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can we ask you a couple of favors, please? 
Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you will continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review? Tell them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health. And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version to this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all of our visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to watch. Thanks so much again and make sure to give your pelvis some love. Until next time, peace peace out, out pelvic posse.